Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, and the right grievousness which they have prescribed, to turn aside the needy from judgment, and to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. And what will you do in the day of visitation, and in the desolation which shall come from afar? To whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? Without me they shall bow down under the prisoner, and they shall fall under the slain. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. Greetings. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, this morning we are resuming our study in the book of the prophet Isaiah. We're going to be looking at chapters 8, 9, and 10 this morning. And now, a couple weeks ago, when we left off in chapter 7, that uh, ended and dealt with the prophecy of the sign of Emmanuel. So, a prophetic uh, uttering about the coming Messiah. And likewise, in the middle of uh, what Isaiah is talking to Israel about, there'll be another very famous uh, scripture in regards to the, uh, and, and, in regards to Messiah. Um, the, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. What's interesting about reading prophetic books like Isaiah is because we have hindsight, we can go, oh, that was fulfilled here. That was fulfilled there. That wasn't just to the generation that Isaiah was speaking about. There was obviously a future fulfillment because we've seen it fulfilled in history. What we can't do is see any other fulfillments yet to come in hindsight, right? So there's probably, likely, some things in here that are going to be dealing with the very end. Maybe the very time that we're living in right now. But really, without hindsight, it's, a, it's very difficult to, to know. Um, but we can speculate... Uh, for example, in chapter 10 here, we have uh, the vision of the Jewish remnant returning. Many commentators throughout history uh, just kind of chalk that up to a spiritual, they spiritualized it. Uh, and in modern times, uh, with different theology systems, uh, like dispensationalism as an example, believe that it's um, it's referring to uh, the very end and the great tribulation. So it just kind of depends on uh, where you fall with your theology. Uh, but in my opinion, we won't truly know without hindsight. Um, but when we see it, we'll know it. When we see it, we'll know it. Well, let's go ahead and dig in. Chapter 8 deals with Isaiah predicting, or prophesying rather, the... Assyrian invasion. And he actually has a son 
and he gives his son kind of a wild name, and but the wild name means something. Um, obviously, that pertains to the prophecy that he's giving. Uh, so we'll look at all of that. My prayer this morning is uh, that you would just be blessed, strengthened, and encouraged. And I'm going to try to stay out of the way with too much commentary or opinions. So just open up your heart and let the Word of God speak to you this morning. Let's begin. Isaiah chapter 8, 9, and 10, King James Bible. Moreover, the Lord said unto me, Take thee a great roll, and write in it, with a man's pen concerning Mahal Shalah Hash Baz. And I took unto me a faithful witness to record Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Jerobachiah. And I went unto the prophetess, and she conceived, and bare a son. Then said the Lord unto me, Call his name Mahar Shalal Hashbaz. For the child shall have knowledge to cry. For before the child shall have knowledge to cry, My father and my mother, the riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria, shall be taken away before the king of Assyria. So please note, here's the strange name. So it says that he went unto the prophetess. So apparently Isaiah's wife was also a prophetess. And she conceived a son and... and uh, he was commanded to name her, name his son, Mahar Shalal Hash Baz. Literally, if you're, if you're looking at his name in Hebrew, it's four different words. And what it means is swift booty, speedy is prey. Or uh, it may you may see it in like a King James, uh, like, commentary or something that says hasty hasty to spoil and it's a symbolic name given by Isaiah by the Lord's directions to his son as a prophetic indication that Damascus and Samaria were soon to be plundered by Assyria so that's why he named his son what he named his son notice it says before the child is even has the knowledge to cry so this was going to happen pretty swiftly verse 5 and the Lord spake also unto me again saying for as much as this people refuses to water refuses the water of Shiloh that they go softly and rejoice in resin and Remaliah's son now therefore, behold, the Lord bringeth up upon them the waters of the river, strong and many, even the king of Assyria and all his glory. And he shall come up over his channels and go over all his banks. And he shall pass through Judah. He shall overflow and go over and shall reach even the neck. And the stretching out of his wings shall fill the breath of thy land, O Emmanuel. Associate yourselves, O you people, and you shall be broken in pieces. And give ear, all ye far countries. Gird yourselves, and you shall be broken in pieces. Gird yourselves, and you shall be broken in pieces. Take counsel together, and it shall come to not speak the word, and it shall not stand, for God is with us. 
For the Lord spake thus to me with a strong hand, and instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people, saying, Say you not the confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say, A confederacy, neither fear ye their face, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. Please note, I like that verse. Don't fear them. Don't fear them or be afraid. Instead, who are we to fear? If we had this approach and this attitude, we'd never be in the situations that we're in. We wouldn't be allowing the things that we allow. And people wouldn't be behaving the way they behaved. They had the fear of the Lord. He says, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself. And let him be your fear. And let him be your dread. Verse 14. And he shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling. And for a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for again, and for the snare of inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble and fall and be broken and be snared and be taken. Bind up the testimony, seal the law among my disciples. And I will wait upon the Lord that hideth his face from the house of Jacob, and I will look for him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord have given me are for signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwelleth in Mount Zion. And when they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits and unto wizards that peep and the mutter, should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead? Please note, don't overlook this because in our day, this is increasing more and more, right? Where people want to go to psychics, people want to seek out um, sorcerers and uh, Wiccan, and like that's becoming what these pagan arts um, that were real things are starting to become real things again, aren't they? Listen again. Behold, and they shall say unto you, Seek unto them that have familiar spirits that's like possession and unto wizards that peep and that mutter should not a people seek unto their God for the living to the dead to the law and to the testimony if they speak not according to this word it is because there is no light in them and they shall pass through it heartily bestead and hungry and it shall come to pass that when they shall be hungry, they shall fret themselves and curse their king and their God and look upward. And they shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. Chapter 9 Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as it was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan and Galilee of nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, and they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nations and not increased the joy, 
They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, and the rod of the oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with a burning and a fuel, a fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon the kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Please note. So let's think about this passage and what has been clearly fulfilled, right? For unto us a child is born and a son is given. And it says the government shall be upon his shoulders. Now, like I've said, uh, if you read commentary over the last 2,000 years, with the exception of the last 300 years maybe, a majority of it, not all of it, but a majority of it's going to spiritualize this. Well, you know, he's ascended to the right hand of God, right? He is the one who's in control. He's going to remain at the right hand of God until... He's made all of his enemies a footstool, right? So there is this spiritual, um, there is a spiritual truth in which Christ is ruling and reigning from heaven. But you can understand why the disciples kept asking Jesus or expecting him to take the throne of David. What's the real longing? The real longing is that God would be with us and that he would literally rule and reign and that he would rule and reign with a rod of iron and that justice would for once in human history actually go forth. I have to believe that there is a future literal fulfillment of this. I don't like the idea of just spiritualizing it away. And if I might be so bold as to say this, Lord, have mercy on me and on my soul. But I can't believe that if this is the rule and reign, I'm I'm not feeling real good about it when I look at the world today. Because I gotta believe that God himself could do better Right, if 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 this is if this is the culmination of what it looks like, no, there has to be a literal rule and reign where justice actually goes forth. Look at this again, and of course, he's all of these things: wonderful Counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of course. But it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, and upon the kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment, and with justice, from henceforth forever, even forever. Yeah, we could, like I said, we could spiritualize it. 
but I don't see judgment and peace going forth, do you? What I see is what we're about to read when we get to chapter 10, which is woe unto them that decree unrighteousness. We live in a time when that's exactly what's happening worldwide. Let's legalize filth. Let's legalize evil. And let's make it a crime to call it such. That's what we're actually witnessing. So, for me personally, I believe there has to be a future fulfillment. Otherwise, what am I looking forward to? What is, what is the hope? And I know we could, obviously we could say, well, you know, the hope is res- there'll be a resurrection one day. And yeah, of course, of course. But I also got to believe that God's word has to be fulfilled. Literally. All right. I'm probably creating more confusion than anything. So let's just move forward. Verse nine. The Lord sent a word unto Jacob. And it hath lightened upon Israel. And all the people shall know, even Ephraim, and the inhabitant of Samaria, that say in the pride and stoutness of heart, The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewen stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. See that pride? Yeah, we'll just, we'll just build back better, right? Therefore the Lord shall set up an adversary of resin against him and join his enemies together. And the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel upon the mouth with an open mouth. For all this is his anger not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the people turneth not unto him that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore the Lord will cut off from Israel, head and tail, branch and rush in one day. Please note, we also see this kind of language used in the book of Revelation, right? The the judgments come down, and it says, but they refuse to repent of their evil. Likewise, judgment's coming, and what does it say? It says, for the people turneth not unto him, so they don't, that smiteth him, so they don't turn to God, Neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore, because they refuse to repent, because they refuse to turn to God, therefore the Lord will cut off Israel head and tail, branch and rush, and it's going to happen in one day. This is how quickly everything changes. In one day, judgment could come, and nothing is ever the same for your generation, for your country, for your people. when it talks about the judgment of Babylon in one hour. One day things seem okay, and in one hour, it's all on fire. This is why you have to be diligent and take great care of your relationship with God. Obviously, He's the one that saves you. He's the one that draws you to Himself, and all those things are true. But we talked a few weeks ago, we made a video about it and everything, about warning about a casual attitude towards God, casualness towards God. 
when we're doing our Torah portion, he says, if you are casual towards me, I will be casual towards you. We're living in a time of bizarre, wild, weird things. And judgment is certainly due. And it could come in one hour. Don't be like that servant who says, my master has delayed in his coming. I'm going to go goof off. Because it could be today. And now you're out of time. And now you're unprepared. And now your portion is with the hypocrites, as the Messiah says. Continuing on. Verse 15. Therefore the Lord, or verse 14, the Lord will cut off from him, from Israel, head and tail, branch and rush, and in one day. The ancient and the honorable, he is the head, and the prophet that teaches lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they that lead them are destroyed. Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall he have mercy on their fatherless and widows, for everyone is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaketh folly. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For wickedness burneth burneth as the fire. It shall devour the briars and the thorns, and shall kindle in the thickets of the forest, and they shall mount up like the lifting up of smoke. Through wrath, through the wrath of the Lord of his host, is the land darkened, and the people shall be as fuel for the fire. No man shall spare his brother. And he shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry and shall eat on the left hand and they shall not be satisfied. They shall eat every man the flesh of his own arm. Manasseh, Ephraim, and Ephraim, and Manasseh. And they together shall be against Judah. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. So that's eight and nine. Let's read chapter 10, and then we'll be done for this morning. Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees, and that right grievousness which they have prescribed to turn aside the needy from judgment and to take away the right from the poor of my people, that widows may be their prey, and that they may rob the fatherless. And what will you do in the day of visitation? And in the desolation which shall come from afar, to whom will you flee for help? And where will you leave your glory? Without me they shall bow down under the prisoners, and shall fall under the slain. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. O Assyrian, the rod of my anger and the staff in their hand is mine indignation. And I will send him against the hypocritical nation and against the people of my wrath will I give him a, chain, a charge to take the spoil and to take the prey and to tread them down like the mire of the streets. Howbeit, he meaneth not so, neither does his heart think so, but it is in his heart to destroy and cut off nations, not a few. For he saith, Are not my princes altogether kings? Is not Colono and Carchemish? Is not Hamath and Arpad? Is not Samaria and Damascus? 
as my hand hath found the kingdoms of idols, and whose graven images did excel from Jerusalem and of Samaria, shall I not, as I have done unto Samaria and unto her idols, so do to Jerusalem with her idols? Wherefore it shall come to pass, that when the Lord hath performed his whole work upon Mount Zion and on Jerusalem, I will punish the fruit of the stout heart of the king of Assyria, and the glory of his high looks. For he saith, By the strength of my hand I have done it, and by my wisdom, for I am prudent, and I have removed the bounds of people, and I have robbed their treasures, and I have put down the inhabitants like a violent man. Please note, uh, notice the Lord is, what he's saying here is, he's going to use Assyria as the instrument of judgment, but then he's going to judge Assyria. Uh, similar thing in the book of Habakkuk, right? I'm bringing in these evil people to to wreak havoc and to perform judgment, but then I'm going to turn around and judge them also. Verse 14. And my hand hath found as a nest the riches of people, and one gathereth eggs that are left. I have gathered all the earth, and there was none that moved the wing, or opened the mouth, or peeped. Shall the axe boast itself against him that heweth therewith? So God's saying, I'm using you as an instrument. I'm using you, Assyria, as the axe. How foolish is it for the axe to, like, say to the person wielding the axe, right? Shall the axe boast itself, he says, against him that heweth it? Or shall the Saul magnify himself against he that shaketh it? As if the rod should shake itself against them that lift it up? Or as if the staff should lift up itself as if it were no wood? Ultimately what God's saying here is I'm the one who's in control. I use you, not the other way around. I lead you to do what I want, not the other way around. Don't boast in yourself, think, saying, look what I've done. It's me who's used you to do it. Verse 16, Therefore shall the Lord, the Lord of hosts, send among his fat ones leanness, and under his glory he shall kindle a burning like a burning of fire. And the light of Israel shall be for a fire, and his holy one for a flame. And it shall burn and devour his thorns and his briars in one day. And shall consume the glory of his forest and of his fruit field, both soul and body, and they shall be as when a standard bearer fainteth. And the rest of the trees of the forest shall be few, that a child might write on them. And it shall come to pass in the day that the remnant of Israel and such are escaped of the house of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote them but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. So here is a prophecy that some would argue is going to be yet fulfilled here in the future. Let me read it again. We're almost done. And it shall come to pass in that day that the remnant of Israel and such that are escaped of the house of Jacob shall no more again stay upon him that smote them, but shall stay upon the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, in truth. The remnant shall return, even the remnant of Jacob, unto the mighty God. 
for through thy people Israel be as the sand of the sea. Yet a remnant of them shall return. The consumption decreed shall overflow with righteousness. For the Lord God of hosts shall make a consumption even determined in the midst of all the land. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, O my people that dwelleth in Zion, be not afraid of the Assyrian. He shall smite thee with a rod, and shall lift up his staff against thee after the manner of Egypt. For yet a very little while in the indignation shall cease, and my anger in their destruction. And the Lord of hosts shall stir up a scourge for him according to the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. And at his rise, his rod was upon the sea, shows how he lifted up after the manner of Egypt. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. He is come, Aeth. He is passed to Migron at Michmash. He hath laid upon his carriages. They are gone over the passages. They have taken up their lodging at Geba. Rama is afraid. Gibia of Saul is fled. Lift up thy voice, O daughter of Gilam. Cause it to be heard unto Laish, O poor Anath. Madamana is removed. The inhabitants of Gibim gather themselves to flee. As yet shall he remain at Nob that day. He shall shake his hand against the mount of the daughter of Zion, hill of Jerusalem. Behold, the Lord, the Lord of hosts, shall lop the bow with terror. And the high ones of statues shall be hewn down, and the haughty shall be humbled. And he shall cut down the thickets of the forest with iron. And Lebanon shall fall by a mighty one. And that, my friends, is our study in the book of Isaiah for this morning. I pray uh, that the word has spoken to you in some way. I pray that I have done a reasonable job at getting it through to you. And I just pray that hearts are changed and hearts are pierced and that you feel closer to God as a result. Thank you for listening. Thank you for praying and thank you for your support. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.